and it's show time hey hello everyone from all over the world thank you for watching and i'm really glad to see everyone tonight or this morning depend of in which area you are on this wonderful planet so yeah i have a connection in australia i'm so excited and they are already tomorrow <laughs> but for us in america it's the afternoon afternoon in pacific or evening so i'm happy we we get uh the way to manage the time zone and everything so before we go into the interview i just want to name this wonderful workshop coming with our patreon community so it's with mr leo so here it's what it's coming this weekend so it's this weekend how mr leo book 57 outdoor puppet shows from april to july 2020 whoa 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 how we have done that so it's really interesting we will have the guy talking about his reality on that and how we manage the promotion of it in this weird moment that we are in so yeah mr leo is really someone that i really enjoy speaking with if you haven't saw his episode his podcast episode just have a look on that and you will see we will have a wonderful moment so i want you to have a look on the description just below the interview about this patreon community that we build to connect all puppeteer all together and exchange about our wonderful passions for puppetry so yeah tonight we are at episode 62 62 is uh it's a, quite a, a lot of stuff we're working a lot on on promotion and we are right now on four platform with igtv we are on youtube on facebook and on twitter at the same time so it's kind of a, a new era of live streaming so everyone thank you and if you have any questions during the interview just write it in the comment and Please write where you are right now. I'm always happy to see that we are so connected all over. So I'm, I stop talking and I will bring my wonderful guests into the screen. They are in Australia. They have their company since 2012, but they, they have done puppetry since forever, <laughs> since they are young. So it's so cool to have them. So it's, let's let's just i would bring them into the screen so it's brett and alisa hi hello <laughs> yeah thank you so much to be part of the show thank you for having us yay so could you maybe for the people who don't know like you or haven't the chance because you work with so many people from all around some builder from all around could you introduce you and your company us. Yeah, well, my name's Elisa. And my name is Brett. And we are Larrikin Puppets. <laughs> so that's our intro that we do with the kids. So we're children's uh, entertainers and children's puppeteers. And Larrikin Puppets has been running as a business since 2012, and it was founded by Brett. Yes, and uh, we perform a lot of live puppet shows. We do a little bit of film and TV when it comes up. There's not a whole lot of opportunities in Australia for film and TV, but we, we do take them up whenever they come up. Um, but predominantly we do live puppet shows in kindergartens and schools, shopping centres, festivals, um, all sorts of different events, big and small. 
And, um, and we've just uh, released uh, four uh, songs sung by the puppets. So uh, that's pretty exciting. Yes, it's not usual that a puppet show would release music. We're not a band, but I'm a musician as well. So we um, we released four fun songs on Spotify and a bunch of other streaming services um, sung by our puppets, um, fun songs for kids. So cool. I love that. Song is so entertaining. So that's amazing. So yeah. are you ready, both of you? I don't know how we will manage all the questions, but it's always deep question from the puppet podcast but feel free to to answer and maybe this gentleman in, in the middle could hello there my name is scrambles oh, scrambles thank you to be there too <laughs> so yeah if you want to answer scrambles you are really free to to pop up sometime we have the puppet vision towards puppet here so it's really <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Very much. And that's a good point. So we should point out that we're Muppet style puppeteers. So we perform hand puppets. So that means that we usually hide behind a puppet theater um, and puppet up or we hide behind a, a camera or a film. Below the um, frame. So we don't usually perform side by side with our puppets. No, yeah. we, we, we don't usually show ourselves. We're always hidden away. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's cool. That's that's so cool. And I want to know the first question is always the why, why do you cherish the art of puppetry? Well, I just fell in love with it when I was about three years old. I just loved everything Jim Henson was doing. I loved the Muppets and Sesame Street. And my parents would, would tape on the old VCR back when we had those uh, footage, uh, documentaries of Jim Henson and his team working on the Muppets and Sesame Street, all this behind the scenes stuff. And as a very small child, I was just fascinated. And I used to love, watching the Muppets and Sesame Street and Fraggle Rock and just uh, enjoying, still enjoying the characters and the story, but just really loving the manipulation of the puppets and how the lip sync worked and how the arm rods worked. And I would, uh, I'd have towels or tablecloths or handkerchiefs and I would be holding them and operating them and pretending that they're puppets and just trying to work out how, how it how it works. And my parents eventually bought me a couple of little puppets, a duck, a hippopotamus, and I would practice and I sort of taught myself growing up. I did puppet shows around the house for my family and at school uh, during the lunch times in the library and um, just always loved it. And I always wanted to be a puppeteer. So my earliest school report cards, you can see little lines from the teachers saying, wants to be a puppeteer when he grows up. So I've always had that dream and I've followed it my whole life. Um, I'm just very fascinated by it. I love the look of the puppets. I love all different types of puppetry, but that Henson style Muppet, hand puppet style is just, that really fascinates me still to this day. I love it so much. Yeah, I love that we, we get the, the crush. Yeah, that's so cool. And, and you, yeah. how was it? So, well, basically, um, so I met Brett one year into his puppet business. And um, I supported him like through its growth, I suppose, but I'd never really picked up a puppet until about three years ago when I was in New York. Four years ago now. Four years ago yes. when I was in New York and I was at the Puppet Kitchen and um, with Michael Schubach. And um, that was pretty much the first time I was, I picked up a puppet and was taught puppetry. So Brett didn't teach me puppetry, Michael Schubach did. <laughs> um, but Brett is my, I guess, puppet master. Um, so I learned on the job. Uh, with Brett over the last four years, yeah. Uh, but I had a passion for um, 
uh, one of the one of my earliest Muppet memories, I guess, is singing Rainbow Connection um, on a bus full of tourists in America when I visited there, and um, and also as a teenager, I loved Fraggle Rock and Dark Crystal. So the first thing I did when the internet was invented uh, was go on the internet and Google um, Dark Crystal puppets to find out how they worked. Yeah. So good. <laughs> So cool. So yeah, and, and maybe Brett, you have a, a moment. I really love to, to have an anecdote of a, a crush moment. Like, you know, when you feel this, like this art form, get me moment. Uh, when did it really get me? I guess um, every time, every time I saw anything by Jim Henson um, growing mm -hmm. up, I, I was just, I fell in love with it. But I, I think I was, I was 11 years old when Jim Henson died and that really uh, upset me because I sort of, I was so, so much of a fan at the time and, and I just thought, what's going to happen now? Who's going to, is that it? Are the Muppets gone? Is, does, do, do these, does this sort of puppetry die with Jim Henson? And thankfully it hasn't. And I just always vowed to grow up and do something uh, myself uh, in this style, whether it's going and working with those with that team or whether it's starting something myself there are so many different other puppeteers who do this style outside of the jim henson company or yeah. sesame workshop or all of the muppets um so i guess i just always wanted to keep that style of puppetry going i'm just i just love it so much um a moment though um i guess i Avenue Q. Oh, Avenue Q. So <laughs> in 2012, my first opportunity to perform for a live audience with puppets was when I auditioned for a local production of Avenue Q in Brisbane, here in Queensland. And um, it was wonderful. I was actually, I got to, I got in to the show and I got to perform with puppets on stage to laughing, applauding audiences. And I thought, this is it. This is Definitely it. This is the first time I've performed for a large audience. I have to, I have to do more of this. I sort of became addicted, I guess, um, during Avenue Q. That was before, just before I started my business. So I was doing all sorts of other things. I was playing music in bands, playing piano in bands. Uh, I studied animation and film, uh, but I was working in other jobs, not very unfulfilling jobs, working in supermarkets and working as a cleaner, uh, working in call centers. Um, yeah, they, they weren't fun. They weren't enjoyable. They weren't, you know, puppetry was just something, a side yeah. hobby. So I really, um, once Avenue, Avenue Q was really what bit me and said, this is it. This is your, you, you have to do this full time. And so I did everything I can to get to a point where I could do this full time because it was my calling. So cool. And, and I have to say, I will go to see the chat because you have some, some people, some fan so I will bring this those person into the the screen right there. Look at this one. I can drop it. Some in. So we have here. <laughs> we love our wow. thank, thank you. Thank you, the juicy orange. <laughs> yeah, and, and you have a question from the audience. So maybe it will interrupt the, the feel of the question, but I have this one up here from Fernando. Where do you get inspiration for puppetry? 
that's kind of a good question. Well, I guess for me, I fell in love with a puppeteer and um, Brett's passion for puppetry is really contagious. Um, Brett as a human is quite an uns unassuming person. Um, so he's not someone who like stands out in a crowd, but when he's performing puppetry, he has the, um, he, he, he has the ability to bring these amazing characters to life. And um, these characters just become, um, you know, become their own people. And it's quite, it's quite amazing to watch that. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of inspired me to pick up a puppet. Um, I actually suffer, I'm a terrible actor because I suffer performance anxiety. And so um, performing uh, puppets, uh, gave me, I guess, an outlet to experiment with character voices and character and storytelling and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. And, and like Elisa said, um, you know, as a human, I'm not very charismatic, like a magician or a, uh, or a ventriloquist. Or a ventriloquist. Yeah. <laughs> but when I hide behind something and a puppet comes up, that puppet comes to life and something, I don't know, the, I just, something comes out of me that, just brings this puppet into life, to life and becomes this charismatic character, which is so outside of who I am as a person. But I don't know, I can bring life to puppetry, to puppets and just, um, yeah, yeah, everything Elisa said. Um, so. And I'm also passionate about social change and um, impact and kindness and spreading words um, uh, that support sort of kindness and diversity and inclusion and all those kinds of things. So it's uh, it's wonderful to be able to use puppeteering as a way to actually um, include those messages uh, in our shows. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Philanthropic. It's it's. Uh, I feel your passion towards humanity and also a lot of freedom that puppetry brings you, and it's so touching. I I want to. Um, Oh, I want to say that that's true, that you're charismatic. You are really charismatic. <laughs> well, there's, these, there's, there's performers that get up on stage and they're so confident and, hey, hey, welcome to the show. Hey, I'm a, I get on stage and I'm like, but I put a puppet on and the puppet just um, takes over. So, I mean, I get booked to do... Um, so I've got my main character, Trog. I'll show you him. There is another Trog. It's true. It's mystery. Oh. He's my main character. And those even people who don't really know me or us have probably seen this character floating around the internet. I mean, yeah. when, we, when we went to the USA a few years ago and I brought Trog along, a few people we didn't know were saying, oh, it's Trog. We've seen him on the internet. We didn't realise that was you guys. And uh, hello, I'm Trog. Yes, it's good to see you. Um, people book Trog as an MC at their events. So I hide behind a little table and Trog hosts. Um, and it's been sometimes film festivals or media launches, product launches, even um, a wedding reception. So <laughs> Trog has emceed people's weddings. And uh, because I can bring out this charisma in this character, which I, as a human, don't have. So uh, <laughs> not, I'm not trying to put myself down. I'm just saying puppetry <laughs> brings out the best in me. Yeah, and me. <laughs> yeah. 
that's such a moment i like this it's so cool yeah and and it's funny because for sure a puppet could be you are kind of the manager of the puppet yeah <laughs> and they get some gigs so yeah, yeah right. <laughs> as artists that's so cool uh, and i want to know it's always funny to ask but in your opinion what is the best feel of study to become a puppeteer well Uh, for me personally, I, I studied drama in high school, and Elisa did too, didn't you? You studied drama. Um, I've been studying, I studied music my whole life, piano. And I also studied, after high school, I studied animation and film and TV. So with all of those things combined, there's a little bit of, of performance, a bit of technical knowledge. Um, animation in particular, it's taking, well, inanimate objects and bringing them to life. But puppetry is kind of like a real life animated cartoon. Instead of redrawing the same thing over and over and over slightly differently, uh, you can actually have this real life cartoon character that moves in real time and it's three dimensional and people can see it and talk to it and it becomes a real character. Um, I know that there are some parts of the world where they actually have puppetry courses and workshops that you can learn in university. Uh, if that opportunity was available to me, I probably would have taken that up. But I, at the time, there wasn't any puppetry courses for me. Um, so even though I'm self-taught, I really did want to get some sort of formal training. So that's why we went to the USA and we did sort of casual training at the Puppet Kitchen in New York. But also I did a, an intensive course in Texas called Beyond the Sock. And it was run by Marty Robinson, who uh, performs Telemonster and Mr. Snuffleupagus on Sesame Street, and Noel McNeil, who's famous for performing Bear in the Big Blue House. And it was just wonderful to be able to work with those amazing puppeteers, these Jim Henson puppeteers, heroes of mine, um, and just sort of get some of my existing skills validated. So there were some things I was doing right, and there were a whole lot of other things that I was able to learn, new skills, uh, how to improve, my skills and just get better. And I don't think I would have been able to really know how to get better if I hadn't gone and done that formal training. So I really do think that it's important, even if you don't have access to a work, a, a formal university degree in puppetry, it's important to take up any workshops, vacation workshops, um, short-term ones, jam sessions, anything like that, where you can work with other puppeteers and sort of learn new skills and um, swap ideas, just any kind of workshops that you can do with, with puppeteers uh, is very, very uh, helpful. It certainly helped me. And Elisa learnt everything when she was over in New York as well. Well, I learned everything on the job, really, for the four years that I've been doing it. So, yeah, I do value in university education. I've got three degrees and um, nothing to do with um, theatre or arts. <laughs> so it's in, in coming into this with Brett, um, I wasn't going to go back to university and do another degree. I've already got a master's of arts in social science. So for me, it was really about learning on the job and bringing out something different, I guess, in myself. And, um, and it was really about building up confidence and competence uh, over time. So I've really enjoyed that process. Um, but I think everyone comes through different pathways and often some people aren't academically inclined to go uh, to get into university. And I don't think that that should put them off um, performing puppetry. Yeah. yeah. That's so a good answer. And that's true that we can learn on the job 
and that's the best something yeah. you learn from from books but to do it is really the best learning i think also and also continue being really open to continuing learning as well we never stop um, learning yeah mm, i'm still learning um and even some of the greatest puppeteers when you hear uh interviews with them a lot of them say that they found themselves in a situation where they were on the set of the Muppets or Sesame Street and they learned on the job and they sort of humbly say, oh, no one ever taught me. I just kind of learned on the job. And that's inspiring too. Today, we're so lucky that we have uh, puppeteers out there willing to share their skills and teach and, and run workshops, whether they're little casual workshops or more intensive ones. Yes. We're very lucky that there are people out there willing to help. Yeah. And we ourselves now run workshops at schools and yeah. theatre companies. But I also think practice is really important. Oh, yeah. And also pr practising, we call it rehearsing in front of an audience, um, but also practising in front of an audience to understand what's funny, what's going to get laughed at, what absolutely flops, mm. what you're going to do again, what you're going to scrap. Um, the the education that comes from performing in front of an audience, um, so getting out and actually doing that uh, rather than just practising at home, I think has enormous value. Oh, yeah. yeah. Some of my earliest puppet shows when I started Larrikin Puppets, um, before Elisa and I were together, I would go out and do these shows and if the audience burst out with laughter at one particular scene or gag, I would say that's it, that's staying in the show. If I do something else that I'd rehearsed at home and I thought it was funny but I get crickets from the audience, I think, okay, that didn't work. I'm going to cut that from the show. And over the years we've built and grown these shows um, based on everything that's been that's funny and, and, and everything the audience loves. So there's still some content from my original shows that are still in the shows that still get laughs and a whole lot of new stuff that we've that we've put in that um, that just works. So it's all about growing and evolving and changing um, to, to keep up with what's what's popular, what's laugh, what's being laughed at, um, all, that, all that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, so true. And and I have uh, some question from the audience again. So let's bring right. it up right there. Yeah. <laughs> Are all puppeteers secretly shy? Well, so I'm I'm not shy. I, I think I am an introvert, uh, which to me just means that I renew my energy in my own home, in my own space, uh, rather than um, uh, sort of getting energy from other people. Um, but I I guess I've run for actual political public office five times, so you can't be shy to do that kind of thing. Um, and I've also sort of worked in nonprofits and corporate um, cor corporations in PR and marketing. So all of my work has been um, front facing, um, you know, as myself, as a human. So I have, I have actually, um, I'm, I'm not a shy person, and I have built up lots of confidence over time. Now, performing theatre to me is like completely different. Performing a different character kind of has made me a bit shy and anxious um so i think i think to kind of answer the question i would say puppetry is great for shy people like me <laughs> uh, because you don't have to be seen and you can be someone completely different uh and i think it's wonderful yeah so yeah i'm a very shy introverted person <laughs> a very awkward person as well I was that strange, awkward, shy person at the party sitting in the corner by myself 
practically mute. So I was a very awkward <laughs> child and an awkward young adult. But when I'm a puppeteer, it brings out that confidence, like I mentioned before. So, um, and I think there are a lot of shy puppeteers. I've met, I love meeting other puppeteers and sharing stories with them. And I have met some amazing puppeteers who are also very shy and quiet and softly spoken. And it's amazing when you meet some of these puppeteers who are just so humble and 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 they, they just talk very quietly and and they're very oh hi how are you today it's oh very Jim, Jim Henson <laughs> is, is a perfect example of someone when you saw him in interviews he was so shy and quiet and and humble but when Kermit or Ernie or Guy Smiley or Dr Teeth are out there they're wild they're crazy they're fun and I think um, it brings out that confidence puppetry can bring out the confidence in a lot of very shy. Uh, people. Um, so yeah, there are quite a few shy puppeteers out there, but not all of them. I know there are some loud and crazy, <laughs> confident puppeteers out there yeah. too. That's a good statement to to bring this about the confident, and I really, I really appreciate it. I I want also to know uh, your definition of a puppet. You know, sometimes you have to answer to children, but also to family members. How yeah. you define a puppet? I uh, I think. This is something that a lot of people would say. It is taking an inanimate object um, and bringing it to life. And you can make puppets out of all sorts of things. This is a uh, this is a football, <laughs> and you it looks like a football with eyes, but you can actually make a puppet out of it. So, um, but it doesn't even have to be a puppet. You could take anything, and if you bring it to life, even children playing with teddy bears and dolls, and they move them around. That's sort of a style of puppetry, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and so, and then look, we have this um, cheesecake here as well. It looks like a delicious cake with strawberries. And um, of course, uh, hello there. Cakes uh, can come to life too. <laughs> yes. Um, so I think it's taking any inanimate object and bringing some sort of life to it. Um, I think that's my definition of puppetry. Um, and in most cases, where well, most people are familiar with, um with puppets that have faces mouths eyes facial features bodies they can move around and you kind of relate to that as this creature this monster this animal that is uh you know it looks like something that is a living animal but certainly a football or a cake or anything like that you can if you can bring life to it that's that is puppetry i think what about you? What are you, what are you uh, just the same. The yeah. same, yeah. I, I love the, the cake example. <laughs> and it's yeah. a puppet. Even a yeah. cake. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like the real cake at first. We, we, we do this act in our puppet show where the cake sits up there still and Trog, the blue monster, sings a song and the cake just sits there and then eventually the cake starts singing along too and everyone just bursts out laughing because suddenly this inanimate cake comes to life and starts singing too. So um, that's always a lot of fun so uh, cool. to, to get those audience reactions. And Elisa, you were saying, because I'm talking about definition of puppet, but before the interview, we'll get the chance to talk a little bit. And you were talking about the, the aesthetic of the puppet, like you really enjoy when it's, it's really nice done. Yeah, that's I do. your definition, right? I do. So, uh, so neither of us are puppet builders. Um, Brett's built one puppet under instruction um, at Beyond the Sock. But um, 
I really respect the art of puppet building and puppet builders. And I think it's a whole different thing that, um, that um, I don't have the time or inclination or talent, I don't even think, <laughs> uh, to actually do uh, because I'm not a visual artist. So, um, but I appreciate nice things. <laughs> It's an art, puppet building so, is an art in itself, isn't it? Yeah. So when we, um, so we're doing a new show um, that we were going to launch this year, but we're launching it next year and it's called Hijabi Girl and it's based on a children's book here in Australia. And it's basically about multicultural inclusion in schools. And um, it's about a little girl who is, um, wears a hijab and she's just happy and confident being herself. And um, that's what the story's about. And so we did a crowdfunder and we raised $8,500, uh, which we're really happy with. And what that enabled us to do was build about, we've built about 11 puppets so far and we've got a couple more to go. Um, but I think we've commissioned about seven, seven different puppet builders uh, to build those puppets and they're all absolutely exquisite. So we just chose different puppet builders based on their um, their their the talents that every puppet builder has a different style and talent and and quality about them and so it was really nice to be able to buy some be really beautiful puppets um so or should we show one yeah well i, I will the football, say the football's an example that yeah, was that, by that was by prairie puppets in the u.s I will say that um, Elisa says she's not a visual artist. I am a visual mm -hmm. artist, but I'm not good with sewing and gluing. Uh, <laughs> but I do design puppets and then send those designs off to puppet builders. This is my original design for Trog. Oh. Uh, so that years ago, and then it was built. But of course, this oh, yeah. our hijabi girl puppets. I designed the puppets for that. Oh, this is this is Melik. Uh, so this is my design for Melik, and then of course the puppet has mm -hmm. come out beautifully. And she's built, she and a cast of uh, children characters were built by uh, the Puppet Creation Lab and Puppet Tribe. And they're both based in Australia, in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, they're beautiful puppets. The football was made by Prairie Puppets in the USA. And then this is a, that is a collection of rice paper rolls, Vietnamese rice paper rolls, built uh, in Indonesia by Feriana. Feriana, uh, a friend of ours called Feriana. From the from Puppeteria. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we won't do a show, show and tell, but <laughs> yeah, but that's, but, um, yeah, but I, that's I, basically I, I, what we do. Really, we des we design the puppets and then get them built by skilled yeah. puppet uh -huh. who uh, who know what they're doing, and then we come and then we sort of do to back and forth to and fro. And then we get the puppets and then we perform them. And that's where our specialty lies in actually for bringing the puppets to life and performing yeah. them. That's so cool. It's kind of the first time I, I get in touch with someone who, who get different builders. And I think it's really smart in the process because you get different vibe from every puppet and every uh, yeah. universe of the you have a yeah. universe around the uh, character yeah. so that's really cool yeah. and i want to know your like biggest purpose as a puppeteer like your future vision or where you want to go in your career what you want to achieve <laughs> do you have something it's kind of the big big opening question <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So for me, it's really important to promote kindness and diversity and inclusion. So that's really important for me um, in terms of like um, the the purpose of uh, the message that we're, we're that we're spreading at I guess as puppeteers. Um, but our ultimate goal uh, is to uh, have a TV show on Australian TV and and have a puppet TV pilot happening uh, that we can actually um, pitch. Uh, so we've got, you know, you know, we have we have got an idea uh, for a whole new set of puppets and a whole TV pilot. Um, and so that I mean, TV puppetry and puppets on TV where you can actually have like a bigger sort of um, audience is really um, amazing and, and important uh, for me. I suppose that's that's the ultimate goal. And um but we also do love live shows. But so I think I don't think we'll ever give up sort of live touring um, until we get too old. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and the the music component is really important to us as well. So we love our new songs, and um, we really want to get them out there and listened to by kids. So uh, our audience is like unashamedly like two to eight years old and that is our audience and that's who we we are trying to reach and touch and um and make sure they grow up to become amazing adults mm. <laughs> so we one audience at a time we promote our songs and we we teach about the kindness and the inclusion and we bring a lot of laughs and, and, and joy to audiences as well that's one of the big important things i like about puppetry i love making people laugh i love just inspiring people um i really love when people say hey that that was amazing i've never seen anything like it before and that really i i like bringing that kind of vibe to audiences but to be able to do it on television uh would be amazing we did we have films puppets for tv here and there and we've done a couple of uh, a couple of things with our main characters and also i did some puppetry for a children's fantasy tv series called the bureau of magical things i played a um, magical pogo stick um these are bouncing up and down and they um they edited me out of the shot uh and, and it just looked really amazing it was they, they could have used cgi but they actually used a puppeteer which was amazing uh any job that comes up in television we say yes to um because we just love the opportunity to get out get puppetry out there on television more and more um, growing up, we used to have a lot more puppets on TV in Australia. Currently, there are no puppets on television in Australia. Oh. Uh, we kind of want to bring that back. Um, yeah. It would be really nice to to yeah. to, uh, to get on TV and have our puppets or any puppets for whatever show just yeah. inspire and make, bring joy to people. I also perform as a human in our puppet shows. So um, I was a dancer for 20 years and so we do a dance song called Dance Like a Unicorn. Um, and so for me, it's really important in children's entertainment um, to actually be like um, a woman who's older in a larger body and actually role model uh, that people can be like me and be happy and be active and um, be doing, doing cool stuff um, without sort of judgment and, and shame and that kind of thing. So, yeah, that's something else that I have as little, a little side purpose. <laughs> mm. I guess that's one of the things that sets us apart from other children's entertainers. Um, we're a puppet show. We're not young and pretty. Yeah, we're not young and pretty. There are a lot of there are a lot of children's acts that are young and cool and pretty and and they're, they're bands or they're musicians and they do really great things as humans here we are with our puppet show we've got songs but we're a puppet show we're older we're in our 40s 
Um, but we still go out there and, and bring smiles and laughter to children and their families and teachers. And um, and I'm cool. Like, Brett's not cool, but no, like, I'm really cool. I'm not cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny because puppeteer is, have all kind of background, shape, uh, fashion. They, they, it's kind of a really welcoming community. And they have, like, yeah. I feel it from, from everyone I interview also. It's kind of really... For everyone, it's it's an mm. open open job for every casting. That's yeah. what I enjoy. Yeah, and we yeah. have. A, yeah, you can answer. Oh, I have oh. a question from the guests, but the from the from the audience. But I will bring it after. Oh, I was just going to say that as even though we are older adults, our characters can be any age they like. <laughs> uh, Elisa plays a character called Marina, who is a three-year-old. And she relates so well with the other three-year-olds <laughs> in the audience. So when we go to a childcare centre or a kindergarten, let's bring Marina out. When we go to a childcare centre or a kindergarten and Marina comes out to say hello to the children, she the, the other three-year-olds will look at Marina straight in, straight in the eye and have a conversation. So you've got these two three-year-olds just talking as if they're both. Uh, hi, everybody. Hi, Marina. <laughs> Hi, Brett. Hi, Caroline. Hi, all the people out there. Yeah, I only little. Yeah, yeah. How old are you, Marina? Yeah, I'm five. You're not five. You're three. <laughs> I'm three. <laughs> I'm only little. <laughs> so cute. Yeah, you have a beautiful dress. Little. Oh, yes. <laughs> Lovely dress. <laughs> yeah, so cute. Yeah, we have Viviana who say, I love her. So cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. But Connor, Connor was a guest in in the previous podcast. Let's bring Connor question right here. What is the most difficult obstacle you both have encouraged while touring? Wow. <laughs> so we love touring. We love touring regional Queensland because it's a huge adventure. Mm. Um, the biggest obstacle, I guess, is um. A lot of it is sort of um, in, <laughs> well, put it this way, I, rem I will never forget um, making like a peanut butter sandwich <laughs> on top of an esky, a suitcase. In, a on top of a suitcase with no plate, no knife, um, um, oh, hotel rooms. in a hotel <laughs> that had no sink or kitchen. And it was, and I was in my um, full like costume, so I looked very glamorous. <laughs> well, making a peanut butter sandwich um, on a suitcase in a, in yeah. a dusty old hotel room yes. in 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 the country. And one New Year's <laughs> Eve, our show got rained out; it got cancelled, so we didn't even make it to the the show. So we stayed in our hotel room for New Year's Eve, um, using a spoon to cut cheese. They, we had they had a teaspoon um, for us, but they didn't have a knife. So I know it sounds really weird, but for me, that they're funny, delightful memories. Yeah. Uh, but it also is probably for me the hardest thing about touring is um, just those all really uncomfortable moments of making do with whatever you've got. <laughs> yeah. uh, we don't have a knife to cut this yeah. cheese, so we'll just use a teaspoon. <laughs> we don't have any table or kitchen appliances yeah. here, so we'll just like. We brought some bread, so we'll make a sandwich on a suitcase <laughs> that we'll bring for lunch today during the show. And, yeah, uh, yeah just, just 
Oh yeah, my God. Sure. There's no glamour. There's no glamour, <laughs> There's no There's glamour. No glamour in touring, but it's so much fun when you can go to places far, far away. We go 10 hours away. Uh, sometimes we've gone on, on an aeroplane and flown to places far away with all of our puppets and equipment. Uh, and and perform for people far far away, and I think there's that's there's something really rewarding rewarding about that. Um, yeah. The airplanes, I, I guess, that's another difficult thing. You're like weighing all of your puppets, staging <laughs> all the equipment, and getting it safely to the other end, making sure none of none of it gets damaged or lost. There's always a little bit of anxiety there about flying all of the puppet equipment. But we flew it all the way to the USA, <laughs> and I did some I did some performances in New York with my stage and puppets and everything, and it all got there. And it all came back safely. So um, thankfully, we've we've it's been fine. It's been fine, all, it, despite all the anxieties around it. Yeah. Yes. And I have another question. You have like many questions here. <laughs> it's it's a good one also. What do you most like about writing original song for your puppets? Mm. Oh gosh. Um, well, we, well, for me, okay. I'll just put it out there. It's just a total rock star moment. Like <laughs> I never thought I would write and release uh, a song that wasn't something. I'm a consumer of music. I never thought I'd be a creator of music. Um, so it's just been an amazing thing to be able to work with. Uh, Brett and his and another musician on actually getting these songs out. So for me, having the ability to songwrite means I can I have a voice, and um, that's really an amazing thing to actually have that voice and see it come out at the other end. Mm. I, I don't know. It's a rock star moment. Yeah, particularly when we sing the songs live in front of an audience and they enjoy it and you get that feedback afterwards. We, um, I've, I've been a musician forever as well. I've played in several bands. Um, so I write the music side of it, uh, a lot of it, along with a friend of mine who was in one of my bands uh, that were around for a long time. Elisa's great at writing lyrics and poems and things. So she comes in with with a lot of the the words and lyrics. Yeah. So our um our I guess philosophy is that we don't talk down to children. So Brett and I don't talk down to kids. So we when we do our shows, we don't talk down to them. When our puppets talk to the puppets that um talk to the kids, the puppets don't talk down to them. Musically, we didn't want to talk down to the kids either. So the music's um, a bit so more complex. A than... lot of our music is actually quite, for lack of a better word, adult in its actual musical um, uh, style, style but the lyrics are Child for friendly. kids they're yeah. not for <laughs> they're not for adults we're we, very g rated we find that um yeah we we um we wanted to create music that was that the adults could enjoy as well yeah. while the kids could listen and enjoy the lyrics on their level um, we don't like to be too babyish um, with our music it, it does mean that we... Um, we don't necessarily get played on children's radio. No. Um, so that's okay with us. Mm. Um, we're, I guess, an alternative um, kids, kids band. Mm. And um, I guess we can't wait to go out and perform our live shows to our audiences who are going to really love these songs. Like mm. we, we just know they are. We know that during the pandemic <laughs> we've been doing online shows and using these songs, performing these songs online, and all of the feedback we've received from kids, parents, teachers, they've all said the songs sound really fun and great, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is lovely feedback. Um, I just love 
I just love getting that kind of feedback and knowing that we're doing something right. Um, I think the reason why we write songs that are a bit more musically complex for children is because we know that there's all of these trending uh, memes and videos out there of babies in the back seat, or children and babies and toddlers in the back seat of their car headbanging to heavy metal or dancing to ro uh, rock or pop or, or EDM dance music. Uh, which is adult music it's not children's music but kids do love adult music so yeah. we thought let's make some music that's a bit more complex for children with child-friendly lyrics and the kids and parents can rock out and enjoy um some music that isn't you yeah. know that's that doesn't sound like nursery rhymes or whatever yeah yeah i feel it's a good choice to do it like this i think it's as like the animation movie also the the music is always like with it's cool. It's cool music. Yeah. Your yeah. rock band, rock star analogy. Yeah. Do a, um, the last question. I will. I think chunk two questions at the same time. I want to know: Do you feel our art is in an ascension, and where do you see puppetry in ten years? Like, do you feel we 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 will in ten years like be in this golden age? What is your opinion on that? I think it's coming back. When I started Larrikin Puppets, puppetry had kind of, it was starting to disappear. And I know that at the time when I set up my business, there wasn't a whole lot of puppetry in Australia, um, it, particularly in Brisbane where I was. Uh, there was a lot of magicians and clowns and um, musical acts and even animal petting zoos and things like that. And I thought, where's the puppet shows? I grew up watching puppet shows. I saw marionette shows, Punch and Judy, even a few Muppet-style puppet shows growing up. They all disappeared. So I thought, let's bring some puppets out there because even then I could see the growth. There was a new Muppet movie at the time. Mm -hmm. Sesame Street was going strong still. Uh, Avenue Q was, was a popular um, show at the time. And I thought, there's got to be room for this. And as over the years, as we've built and grown Larrikin Puppets, we've seen lots of other puppeteers, lots of other puppet shows. We've seen new puppet movies and puppet TV yeah. shows, and it just seems to have really grown. Funnily enough, some adults don't get puppets. It's the kids that get puppets. Um, we know that there's adults that get puppets, like we get puppets. Yeah. But um, like I understand guess, them. Yeah. yeah. Um, but kids, it just they have the ability to suspend disbelief like that. Yeah. And um, it's just a magical experience and conversation that we have with kids. So mm. um, I don't even know what the question was. Well, where do you see it in 10 years? I see. Ah, yeah. So, but there's no uh, puppets on Australian TV at the moment. So the last puppet to be cancelled was Giggle and Hoot. Um, so Hoot the Owl, which is a very famous, famous puppet in Australia. Mm. Um, so it sounds like that's like, means that it's kind of becoming less popular. Um, but we're pretty committed to changing that. <laughs> yeah, to getting puppets on Australian TV. It's again. up to us and us alone to bring puppets back to Australian <laughs> TV. Um, but, but in terms of the global puppetry, particularly in the USA, we are seeing amazing things happening with puppetry in film and TV, like The Dark Crystal, Age of... Is it Age of Resistance? I hope I'm saying that correctly. <laughs> the, the, the Netflix prequel series of The Dark Crystal, where the brilliant, beautiful puppets with live sets were there, and they were filming it in such a way where CGI was used just to assist 
removing arm rods or removing puppeteers from the scene to bring the puppets to life even more. Like it's almost like film and TV's come to a point where CGI, everyone's bored of CGI and people are wanting, filmmakers are wanting that practical, real life, physical aspect of puppetry back again. Like I mentioned before that I performed a pogo stick in a children's uh, series just for one episode, the Bureau of Magical Things. And I was, I was removed from the shot. So the pogo stick came to life. They could have just animated a CGI pogo stick, but they chose to use a puppet. And it was, I was so grateful for the opportunity to puppeteer this, this object. Um, but the same with the Dark Crystal, with real puppeteers, real characters, physical characters, the Happy Time Murders that the Jim Henson Company made a few years ago, the adults only puppet movie. Again, brilliant puppetry. And they used CGI to move arm rods and remove puppeteers out of the shot. So I think we're going to see a lot more combined puppetry with CGI assistance to, yeah. to bring physical, practical effects and puppetry back into film and television. But when we're talking now, we're talking about our sort of narrow um, hand puppet, Muppet style puppetry yeah. that we focus on. Um, in Australia, um, the sort of high art forms of puppetry at theatre are still very popular. Oh, yes. um, and we love to go and see those shows. So it's still out there. It's just more in the art community rather than in the mainstream, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. So good. And, and I have like your 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 duty about film make mm -hmm. my friend Raleigh Santana say, have you ever thought of a future film with puppets since Brett is also a filmmaker? <laughs> I would love to make a feature film with puppets. I only studied film and TV for one year. Uh, the technical side of it wasn't my strong point. But when I have worked with film crews for TV shows or short films, even student films, I've said, yes, put my hand up and helped out. I love the work of the film crews that perform. And I work with them as a puppeteer. So like being able to work with skilled people on film and TV sets uh, is just brilliant. And to be able to do puppet do puppetry on film, yeah. it would be lovely to work with a crew who is, keen to create a, a Muppet-style puppet feature film uh, in Australia. A feature film is a big commitment. I think um, Even a TV, a TV series, series would be our, our kind of fav favourite formula, I think. Yeah. yeah. One of the things we learned in the USA when I did that intensive course with Noel McNeil and Marty Robinson was the art of monitor puppetry, which is the style, the Jim Henson style of film and TV puppetry, where the puppeteer watches themselves watching their character on a monitor to see exactly what the viewers would see, making sure your head's out of shot, keeping arm rods out of shot, you know, keeping the puppet eye focus looking good and lip sync. All of those skills were amazing to learn. And there's still um, a lot of uh, film and TV people in Australia who actually don't know anything about monitor puppetry and how it works. I've gone onto sets and they've said, yep, Brett, just hide behind that table, pop your puppet up and go from there. And I'm working blind and I've said, can I have a monitor? And sometimes filmmakers will be a little bit confused. Why would you need a monitor? Why, why should you see what you're doing on screen when all the other actors can't see what they're doing on screen? It's like, well, because I need to be able to see my puppet and keep my head out of shot and make sure the puppet eye focus. Otherwise I'm working blind and the puppetry just it's looks It's an education terrible. process that um, that sometimes we have to have with the um, with videographers the because it's not a popular TV style in Australia. It's not something yeah. that's being taught to filmmakers in mm -hmm. Australia, uh, monitor puppetry. So we sort of 
like um, to... The other thing is student films. Often student um, filmmakers um, will use puppets, but they will use them in um, violent sort of R-rated um, ways. Yeah. And so Brett's performed in a couple of those short films, but we reckon a student, a fantastic student film would be one that's um, whimsical, whimsical for children, G-rated, and uh, with a, a wonderful, um, amazing story. Like um, that, I reckon that's the student film that would win awards. <laughs> we love the whimsy and magic of, of puppetry. And um, while I do go along and and perform puppets in short films that have the puppets swearing and waving guns around and doing drugs. It's like I would really much prefer to have a beautiful, whimsical about kindness. Kind puppet I know, movie for children. Crazy, right? Yeah, I mean it's a we're crazy, softies. We're a bit we're softies. I, I agree. I'm I'm too <laughs> I think we've seen enough of adult edgy puppets <laughs> with violence and drugs and things. Like, I, it, there's a lot of it. I can see where it's funny. A lot of people still find it funny. But I think it's time to to, to maybe have a look at some some kind, whimsical puppetry. So if there's any filmmakers out there <laughs> in Australia who I feel like being a nice, It would be so cool film. to see a TV series with your puppetry. So we're <laughs> <laughs> down with that. We'd Thank love you. That. We are working on it. We're working on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to be, uh, you know, in a film or a TV series. Yeah, yeah. I want you too to be famous. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. It was a, such a wonderful interview, and we have like big comments. You will have to see it after the interview. Beautiful stuff. People love your your job, and they say it's it was genius. We have this genius. Wow! So nice. thank you. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think we have a special request. You show us many puppets during the interview, but for the conclusion, do you have a final one you want to bring to the screen? To to share it with with us, probably. All right. we, yep. will, we will we will get our. Um, oh, all right. Here's a brand new puppet, also made by Prairie Puppets. Her name is Bangles, and uh, she's very lovely. And I'll get free range the chicken out because a lot of people love free range the chicken. This is the puppet that I built myself with a lot of help. TikTok famous. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're, we're on TikTok, and we uh, people seem to love the chicken on on our TikTok. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will put you in big big shot like this. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it would be better. Bangles oh, have wings. Famous. Very famous. <laughs> okay. Yes. I love poetry and I often have my head up in the clouds. She's <laughs> flapping her wings there. She's got a little pull string at the back where we can make her wings so flap. Bangles <laughs> hasn't performed live yet, has she? No, she came. So she's still finding her voice. Yeah. But um, we're looking forward to introducing her to the kids. Yeah. yeah. I love the feather. It's so, like, light. Yes, they're all hand, hand glued on about... Oh, hundreds and hundreds, I think, of feathers. Wow. Yeah, she's a lovely puppet. She was made by Prairie Puppets uh, in the USA who also made this football. Yeah. 
it's kind of a, a contest between puppetry, uh, poetry, and TikTok fashion. TikTok and poetry. That's so cool. Thank you so much for all your time, your passion. I think it it's marvelous and beautiful. We get those comments right there. So I think thank you so much for having us. It's been wonderful. Thank you very much. Yeah. We're very uh, we're very grateful to um, be able to be on the on the podcast. Yeah, so we can you. talk forever about puppetry. <laughs> And, and if people wants to see more of your work or, and they want to find you or get in touch with you, where they, they should go? Yeah, so um, all the music streaming stations are playing our songs. We'd love everyone to um, go onto Spotify and listen to our songs. You mm. just search for Larrikin Puppets. L-A-R-R-I-K-I-N <laughs> is how you spell it, Larrikin Puppets. And, uh, yeah, we're on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. TikTok, yep. <laughs> and YouTube. We have a YouTube channel. It's it's there's not a lot going on, on the YouTube channel, but we're gradually building it. And uh, but TikTok and Instagram and Facebook is really where it's at. And our website, larrikinpuppets.com.au. So cool. Thank you so much. So yeah, you. you can yeah, yeah, I think write down uh, all of those uh, social media maybe below the interview at, if you have a second after we have Connor, we say, Yeah, let's let's write this down cool so i i say goodbye and a good day it's the, the day starting for you in the yes. <laughs> enjoy your Next day time. and uh yeah let's stay in touch <laughs> thank you thank you bye everyone bye <laughs> yes and and yeah everyone that was so wonderful i i'm happy to connect like it's more than 12 hour it's more it's it's so cool to get the chance of live streaming connection international so i want to remember you this wonderful again workshop the fourth of our series that we get with mr leo leonardo velasquez how mr leo book outdoor puppet show uh, from april to july how i have done that but also the promotion aspect of it so it's on our patreon page so just have a look below this interview and yeah you will have all the details so it's this sunday at one east times eastern time so yeah and we have people joining right there lomi guys there so thank you everyone if you haven't seen the beginning of the interview have a look we are now on three platforms facebook twitter and youtube and igtv so yeah it's so cool. So I, I will let you on this little jingle that I want to bring into the screen. And uh, yeah, I wish you a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful evening, everyone. I, I'm good at this. I'm good. Okay, I have it. Have a good evening, everyone.